Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 6, Prescribed Duties for Mankind, Chapter 9, The Appearance of the Demon, Vritrasura. Text number 22. Avismitam tam paripurnakamam Svenaiva la pena samam prashantam. Svenaiva la pena samam prashantam. Vino Svalingulena titatarti sindhum. Avishmitam tam paripurna kamam. Avishmitam tam paripurna kamam. Svalangulena titatarti sindum. Avasmitam tam paripurna kamam. samam Bino pasarapatya param hibalishaha. Svalangulena titatarti sindum. Avismitam. Who is never struck with wonder? Tam. Him. Paripurna kamam, who is fully satisfied, Svena, by his own, Eva, indeed, Labhena, achievements, Samam, equipoised, Prasantam, very steady. Bina, without, Upasarpati, approaches, Aparam, another, he, indeed, Balishaha, a fool, Swa, of a dog, Langulena, by the tail, Atitar, Atititati wants to cross Sindhum, the sea. Free from all material conceptions of existence and never wonderstruck by anything, the Lord is always jubilant and fully satisfied by his own spiritual perfection. He has no material designations and therefore he is steady and unattached. 
that Supreme Personality of Godhead is the only shelter of everyone. Anyone desiring to be protected by others is certainly a great fool who desires to cross the sea by holding the tail of a dog. Purport, a dog can swim in the water, but if a dog dives in the ocean and someone wants to cross the ocean by holding the dog's tail, he is certainly fool number one. A dog cannot cross the ocean, nor can a person cross the ocean by catching a dog's tail. Similarly, one who desires to cross the ocean of nescience should not seek the shelter of any demigod or anyone else, but the fearless shelter of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Chapter 14, Text 58, therefore says, Samasrita ye padapalava plavam mahat padam punya yasho marare bhavam vatsapadam param padam 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 yadvipadam natesham the Lord's lotus feet are an indestructible boat. And if one takes shelter of that boat, he can easily cross the ocean of nescience. Consequently, there are no dangers for a devotee, although he lives within this material world, which is full of dangers at every step. One should seek the shelter of the all-powerful instead of trying to be protected by one's own concocted ideas. Ooh. It's okay. <coughs> so. Om Ajnana Timirandasya Gyananjana Salakaya Chakshurun Militam Jena Tasmaye Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Mano Vistam Stapitam Jaina Bhutale Swayam Rupakada Mahiam Dadati Svapadantikam Mukam Karoti Vachalam Pangum Langayate Girim Yat Kripa Tamaham Bande Sri Gurum Dinatavinam Balishaha, a fool. Svalangulena atititarti sindhum. A great fool who desires to cross the sea by holding the tail of a dog. as opposed to taking shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord. And that's um, Let's have a look at this. It's very interesting, actually. In this verse, um, in the translation, it's mentioned here that Supreme Personality of Godhead is the only shelter of everyone. But it's interesting, if you look at the word for word, that's not actually mentioned. Interesting. But of course this is the, 
This is the meaning of these prayers. Uh, now, these are prayers being offered by Indra, isn't it? Isn't that what's going on here? Yes, the demigods headed by Indra. And of course, this is the, this is the point of the verse that there really is no other shelter than Krishna. It's not stated actually in a word for word, it's actually not mentioned, but Prabhupada's put it in the, in the translation so that we clearly understand what the point of mentioning trying to cross over the ocean by hanging onto the tail of a dog is referring to. Right? It's, that's obviously silly. Right? And of course, it's alluding to the ocean of material existence. That's the ocean that's being referred to and Prabhupada then quotes in the purport the <clears throat> famous verse Sama Srita Ye Padapalava Plavam Mahatpadam Punya Yashomarare that the Lord's lotus feet are an indestructible boat. So, you know, hanging onto the tail of a dog really to do anything is not going to achieve anything at all. And the um, the, the 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 juxtaposition here is of of between the infallible supreme person and any of the persons that exist in the material world, even the most powerful, which includes the demigods, who are very powerful and potent servants representatives of, of the Lord. But even though they're very powerful, empowered, and have potencies, they're endowed with different potencies, given by the Lord himself, still they're limited. The demigods are limited. They're limited and temporary. Even the planets of the demigods, limited and temporary. Everything within the material creation is limited and temporary. But just because we see Krishna and the various incarnations of the Lord appearing in the material world doesn't mean that they're also limited and temporary. Uh, but rather, you know, the, the notion or the idea of an avatar is one who descends from the spiritual realm, but even though while appearing in the material world doesn't mean they're part of the material world. This is one of the, Krishna says, avajananti mammudha, the foolish don't know me because they see me as being part of the material world or in the material world, and so therefore they think that I'm part of it, like the other limited and temporary persons. But uh, Krishna is whilst, and, and that's his potency, his, his, his um, power, if you like, and he can appear anywhere and go anywhere at his discretion. And, and not be limited by the and so and, and that's why he is the only person worthy of taking shelter of because he's not limited by the confines of material existence which is you know birth, death, old age and disease Although that's Krishna's trick, you know, when he disappears and he leaves behind a, 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 a so-called material form, it bewilders the minds of the materialists. Very, very difficult to understand. Janmakama chame divyam. 
evam yoviti tattvataha. It's very difficult to understand the nature of God's appearance and disappearance because it looks very often like the same activities of the materialistic persons. And so it's easy to be bewildered and, and to then doubt. Ooh, is Krishna the Supreme? Right? Easy to, to doubt. What's that? Brahma, everybody, almost. Yes. So, um, how do we... Now, now, here's something. Krishna is generally very, very far away. Very far away. And unapproachable. Right? Very difficult to approach. What, what's that verse? Uh, what's the from the Brahma Samhita? What's that? Next. <laughs> okay, that is a verse from the uh, uh, Brahma Samhita, but not the verse that I'm thinking of. Vedeshu Dulabam. What's the, what's the first line of that verse? Adhvetamachutamanadiranantarupam. What's the next line? Adyam Purana Purusham Navayovanamcha. Vedeshu Dulabam Adulabam Atma Bhakto. Govinda Madi Purusham Tamaham Bajami. So uh, it, it mentions it's difficult, very difficult to approach. Krishna, even through the Vedas, right? Krishna mentions in the Bhagavad Gita, Vedais Chasavairaham Eva Vedyo Vedantakrid Veda Vid Eva Chaham. Right? By all of the Vedas I am to be known. Right? The purpose of the, of the Vedas. But the Vedas are such a vast body of information. And so much information. And, you know, this one's mentioned as Bhagavan, that one is mentioned as Bhagavan, that we should worship this one, that we should worship that one. And so a study of the Vedas, sometimes you just become confused. Right? Very easily. Which is why we need to study the the Vedic literature with a guide, with a guru. One needs a, a, a teacher, a guru, to m make sense of all of the Vedas. And why, why, why the Gaudiya Vaishnavas generally just focus on Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. Because right? Srimad Bhagavatam is the natural commentary on the Vedanta Sutra. And the Vedanta Sutra is the conclusion of all of the Vedic literature. But even, the, even a study of the Vedanta is not easy because it's so, it's so compressed, it's so concise, that it's, it's, it's also easy to misunderstand because it's, 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 it's um, too sutra-like which means, you know, compressed information. And, and of course, uh, yes, and that's why the Bhagavatam is so important. Um, because, but even the Bhagavatam, you can be, uh, it, you can be confused, right? And why we need, why we need the, the connection 
through the, the spiritual master, through the, the, through the parampara. Right? And this is how we can approach Krishna, even though he's very far away. He's brought cr closer by the, the parampara system. Right? Um, you know, Prabhupada gives you the example that the spiritual master representing the, the parampara is, is like, you know, if I take my glasses off and I look at you and I, all I see is very blurry faces, right? Um, I'd have to stand a long way away because I've got long-sightedness, right? So I can drive the car, I can drive my car easily and read signs and everything without my glasses because I'm long-sighted. But anything up close is poof, impossible. But when I put my glasses on, then all of a sudden everything is in perspective. Right? So the, the spiritual master Prabhupada describes like the via medium through which we can then view something or appreciate something that ordinarily would be very, very far away and unapproachable. To, uh, the spiritual master brings Krishna close to the, to the, to the disciple. Of course, uh, but the disciple has to be has to be prani patena pari prashnena sevaya. Has to have the qualifications of a disciple. Right? It's a process. And and by hearing from the spiritual master, by inquiry, submissive inquiry, not challenging inquiry, you know, but submissive inquiry. And just, just inquiring all around to pari prashna means questioning all, all of the details, all of the, or anything of doubt, really, that needs clarification. So in this way, and then service, rendering service, sevaya, doing service, then this process, when one's connected to the parampara, brings Krishna up very, brings Krishna very close to the devotee. Such that by, by practicing in that way, then the devotee feels like he has a relationship, a personal relationship with Krishna. So um, it's a mystical process that by serving the spiritual master, one's actually developing one's relationship with Krishna, uh, well, with Krishna, but also with the guru, with the spiritual, learning how to serve. And also how to... In Inquire and also how to study the the shastra or what shastra to study and how to study. And and in that way, then uh, that qualifies us to take shelter of Krishna's instructions, right? And. These are the these are the um, these are the lotus feet of of Krishna. His instructions with which we can take uh, shelter and and get release from the material energy. Get release from this ocean of nescience. So the. We don't completely write off the demigods. Right? We're still respectful to the demigods. Um, and, and it's said that when we worship the spiritual master, he's the sum, he's the, he's the sum total of the demigods. Right? Why do we respect the demigods? Because the, as, just as the spiritual master is the servant of Krishna, so similarly also, the demigods are the servants of Krishna. So we, we do respect them and honour and respect their service. But if we want release from the material, from the ocean of nescience, then we take shelter of 
Krishna's lotus feet. And, and the method for us doing that is submission to the spiritual master. So that's why Rupa Goswami says in the Nectar of Devotion, the, the, first, 64, the first of the 64 items is Ado Guru Padasraya. First one has to take shelter of a guru. Huh? And of course in Iskon, our, our first shelter is Srila Prabhupada. Our, our founder Acharya, we're, we're, we're all of, he's the source of all of our instruction, if you like. And he provides us with the prism by which we study the Bhagavad Gita, study the Bhagavatam, study the Chaitanya Charitamrita, study the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu or the Nectar of Devotion. Prabhupada says with those four books, you can study those books, that's all you need to be Krishna conscious. And to be philosophically astute to, to defeat any argument. That's all we need to really concentrate on are those four, those four books. And all of the other things that we do, we learn them through the agency of the spiritual master or through his representative sometimes. Um, and in that way, then, we, we, we get a firm understanding of how to cross over this. And so, you know, this, uh, that, that um, Bhavam buddhi vatsapadam param padam. So the, the, the material energy is described as being a vast ocean that's very difficult to cross. But if we take advantage of this process, this parampara process, take advantage and take shelter of a bona fide spiritual master, and especially that means pretty much within ISKCON, that means uh, uh, somebody who's following our founder Acharya, Prabhupada's like our Adi Guru in one sense. Because the Adi Guru is Balaram, but it, the, the, the founder of Charya is the source of our process and the instructions and how we apply it. Then um, the, the challenges of crossing off over the ocean of material existence shrink. Vatsapadam, right? To the amount of water that exists in a calf's hoof print which is easily crossed over, right? It's easily, easy to cross over the amount of water that's contained within the impression of a calf's hoof print. So, taking shelter of Krishna's lotus feet means uh, taking shelter of Krishna's representative because the, the spiritual master is pretty much that, that mercy incarnation um, of the Lord. And of course, hearing the Bhagavatam, also hearing the Bhagavad Gita, the, worshipping the, the, the deity. Um, and for us, uh, the holy name, chanting Hare Krishna, this is also a manifestation of Krishna's mercy, if you like. Chanting Hare Krishna, our japa and our sankirtan. And the sankirtan is meant to benefit others as well as ourselves. You know, Lord Chaitanya was Ask, sorry, Lord Chaitanya asked Haridas Thakur, how are we going to save the animals? Those who are not in a human form, how are we going to save them? And Haridas Thakur said, by chanting, by Sankatan. They'll hear the whole, you know, and Adela, uh, 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 animals means even the Dwipada Pashu, right? There's plenty of them. You know what a Dvipada Pashu is? It's a two-legged animal. It wasn't so long ago that we were also Dvipada Pashu. 
uh, so it refers to us as well. So how do we benefit those people? You know, one of, one of Krishna's qualities and one of Radharani's qualities is a very soft heart. Very soft heart. And feels, feel for others. Well, we, we have the capacity, almost all living entities, have the capacity to enjoy vicariously. Which means that when a mother sees her child fall over and scrape his knee, she feels the pain and is, wants to cry as much as the child is crying. Right? Soft-hearted. So Krishna is also soft-hearted. When he sees the suffering of others, he feels hurt by that. Of course, here it mentions that Krishna is completely, what is it? Um, yeah, paripurna kamam. Svena, Svenaeva, Labhena, Samam, Prasantam. Right? He is Avishmitam, never struck with wonder. Trying to work out something. What's going on here? Krishna's not like that. Which is interesting. Uh, and he's satisfied with his own achievements, creates the whole of the material, you know, boom, just here comes the material creation, boom, he desires it, boom, there it is. Uh, of course, through a process. Samam, equipoised, equal. Prasantam, very steady. So, but yet, when he sees the sufferings of others, he feels that. Very soft-hearted. Krishna is very soft-hearted. That's why it's interesting in the, in the Nectar of Devotion, Rupa Goswami says that cultivation of knowledge and... Uh, Austerities, performance of, of, of austerities can be obstacles to bhakti. And the reason is, is because it makes your heart hard. Our heart can become hard. Whereas the heart of a devotee in Krishna's heart is very, very soft. Very soft. In, certainly in, in regards to, you know, dealing with others. And of course... You know, brought up, being brought up in some cultures, we, we naturally inherit hard-hearted qualities. Or even just as a result of going to school, you know, you're always getting picked on and people making jokes. and It's almost the culture of bullying. It's a culture of bullying, right? And you become habituated to being bullied and... People, people, you know, become hard-hearted. Or there's very a lot of competition in society. Get money, get a position, control others, and that's, you know, that's, ins you know, and be insensitive. I tell you, uh, it reminds me of a story because, well, uh, interesting. Just just reminded me. One of my first memories was going to the circus, and I wouldn't have been five. I would have been four, or maybe you know hadn't turned four. And uh, and um, as part of one of the performances, they 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 had a dash hound. You know you know the German. Well, I think. I always thought they were German. Sausage dog. 
because we, you know, we don't. We're obviously not into sausages, not into sausage dogs either, for that matter. But anyway, they had the dog, and then they put it into what looked like a machine, right, with a handle on it. And then they cranked the handle, and then out, then they pulled a string of sausages out of the the, the box. <laughs> and I was so shocked. You know, this is I was very young, and I was so shocked that they killed the dog. Of course, it was just a trick, right? They pull the sausage dog out the next night and he's okay. <laughs> but I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Right? So for me, they turned the dog into sausages and I was, oh, what? wasn't entertaining for me at all. Uh, it was, I was shocked. And... Um, which shows the innocence, you know, the innocence, I was very young, but the innocence and the soft-hearted nature of, whereas, you know, everybody else, oh, ha, 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 you know, it's funny. But it's not funny at all, at least for a three-and-a-half-year-old kid, <laughs> first time to the circus. Uh, so we become habituated to being, you know, to callous, callousness, but Krishna's not like that. Krishna, even though he's self-satisfied and full, fully, you know, equipoised and steady, was it samam prasantam, right? As mentioned here. Still, when he sees the suffering of others, then he wants, he's inclined, he, he wants to help. He wants to bring them from, you know, bring us from the ocean of material existence where we're, we're trying to get out by hanging on the, out of the tail of a dog. <laughs> this is our efforts to, you know, our efforts to get out of the material world or to ameliorate things, make things good. Here, it's the, the Indra says, you know, this is silly. This is as good as hanging onto the tail of a dog and hoping you're going to cross over the, the ocean of material existence. It's not going to work. So the system is that Krishna brings, you know, through the, the parampara, through the authorised uh, devotees. Uh, and why, you know, satovrite, following in the footsteps of the, of the, of the devotees, of the previous acharyas is the methodology. This is how Krishna takes us out of the material world. Um, and, and, um, and why here, even though it's not in the word for word, it's not actually in the verse, but Prabhupada says, interesting, that Supreme Personality of Godhead is the only shelter of everyone. Very interesting. Okay, does anybody have any comments or questions on any of these points? Hare Krishna. Four books, yes. Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. Srimad Bhagavatam. Yeah. Chaitanya Charitamrita. And then... Nectar of Devotion, or Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Yeah. It's an amazing book. Rupa Goswami is a genius. And it took him some years to write the, the Nectar of Devotion, the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu took 10 years or so. And basically, when Rupa Goswami met Lord Chaitanya in Baranasi, then uh, Lord Chaitanya gave Rupa Goswami the outline of this, of what became later the, the, the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. And Prabhupada translated that fairly early in the um, um, in, in Prabhupada's development of ISKCON. And so it's a summary study. It wasn't done in a in the um, way that he normally did the well, the way he did the Gita and the um, 
the um, Bhagavatam. But still, it's 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 a it's amazing. It's a, it was the first book that I read, or at least read a paragraph of. <laughs> I was at a friend's place, and I pulled out, and I thought, "Oh, what's this about?" Well, and I opened it up randomly, and um, and I read about how Krishna was playing in the forest with his cowhead boyfriends, right? <laughs> you know, and Krishna's. And I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> how do these people know who God is and what he does? Because I was still in ignorance pretty much. So I, but I was reading different books, spiritual, you know, so quasi-spiritual books. So I thought I knew everything. And then I <laughs> read about Krishna, the Supreme Personality of God, playing with his friends. And I thought, whoa. Whoa, close the book up, put it back in the shelf. I wasn't ready for it at that point. It was just like mind blowing. Because, uh, you know, at that stage I was pretty much contaminated by. And why Lord Chaitanya says don't associate with and don't listen to uh, impersonalist philosophers and Mayavadis, because they'll contaminate you. Contaminate the heart. So when I read Prabhupada's, you know, I was looking at, and I was thinking, how do, how can anybody say? Because the the you know the Christian ethos or the the the, the uh, a lot of the world's religious traditions don't have a fixed conception of who God is. They don't have it. Huh? I don't, oh, I'm, I'm not familiar enough, but as I understand it, they don't know what he looks like, they don't know what his name is, they don't know where he lives, and they don't know what he's doing. Whereas, you know, we've got, Krishna is the supreme personality of God, and he's playing in the forest <laughs> with his boyfriends, herding cows, right, you know, like, whoa, I was just blown out by that. How do they know this? What to speak of having the audacity to say it to others, right? Because nobody knows. How can you know God? He's so far away and so, you know, beyond, so not material, fully spiritual. How can he be a boy playing with his friends and looking after cows? That was the, that's the mentality. Hard to understand. What's our what? What's our answer? What's the answer? What's the answer? Oh, well, the answer is an answer. There's many answers, but an answer is if God is supreme, right, he can do anything, right? He can do anything. So he can be both formless, right, all-pervading within everything, and at the same time have a form as well, right? Because a lot of, you know, the, there are those who say, oh, God doesn't have form, you know, because they think of the material form and that's limiting. But what's very difficult to understand is this form which is unlimited, right? And if you say God doesn't have form, that means you're limiting him and you can't limit God. So he must be able to be formless and have form at the same time and be a person at the the spider what about he creates the web pulls it back in again yeah that's right he can do that So yeah, many, and there are other answers that can be given as to you know understanding the form of God, and the. So that's why, you know, uh, uh, Leela Guna Rupa Nam Nam, the qualities, the form, the names, uh, these are difficult to approach and understand. And again, that's why we have that, the parampara system, 
the knowledge of the Shastra, but filtered, if you like, or not, not filtered might not be the right word, uh, the correct perspective right, on the Shastra is given by the Parampara and by the, the spiritual master. Right? And that's how it's passed down. Yep. Yes. And, and the nectar devotion or the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindha is really important for us because it, it, it contains pretty much the essence of what we do. And how that process or those engagements, those activities gradually bring us to the point of realising our spiritual identity and our relationship with Krishna. Brings us very close to Krishna, but it also reveals, you know, like an, a, flower, a flower buds and then blooms until it's fully blossomed. So our consciousness or awareness is, like a, is described to be like a, a, a flower bud. And, and it needs to blossom and bloom. The process of bhakti, as described by Rupa Goswami, and as taught by Srila Prabhupada, and, which is in the Bhagavatam, the Bhagavad Gita, that, um, that's, that's succinctly described in the Nectar of Devotion. And, and with symptoms, you know, with, with what are the characteristics as we make progress really important book because then what that means is we're able to analyse ourselves and also analyse others. Although most of the time we should be analysing ourselves. <laughs> what Prabhupada said to Rahini Kumar, he said, the rules and regulations are for you, not for others. <laughs> right? So, that, so in other words, you know, we should be following, don't worry about what other people are doing. And even if they're only doing a little thing, we should be going, joy, hurry, ball. Right? Again, that hard-hearted tendency is to think, you know, I'm the best, and what's wrong with all of you other guys? <laughs> Why don't you get your act together? The, the, the devotees and? I didn't hear that last bit. Oh, as opposed to the Mayavadis. Yeah, okay. Well, okay, so the question is, the question is, the question is, what should be the mood well, the question is, if we're meant to avoid the association of impersonalists or Mayavadis, you know, what should be our mood in dealing with devotees, for example, from the Sri Sampradaya, right? Well, the, the first thing is we should respect everybody, right? That's the first. That's, that's a measure of a civilised person, right? So this is the first more, more or less instruction of Lord Chaitanya. Uh, not the first, but certainly a very important instruction. And a symptom of advancement is humility and respect to everybody. Be respectful to everybody, right? So that's the first. Of course, by the same token... <clears throat> we also are not silly. <laughs> right? That's why we need to even be able to determine advancement, you know, amongst the devotees, right? So, <clears throat> so and, and our satsanga chag, we're encouraged, first principle is to avoid those who are attached to the impermanent, right? <clears throat> so, 
on the one hand, we're careful about our association, right? Sangat Sanjaya Te Karma. If you, if, you, if you associate with the drunks in the park, what's going to happen? Huh? You'll become a drunk in the park too. But if you associate with the sadhus, what will happen? If you associate with the Hare Krishnas, what happens? Yes, but what happens? What happened when you started associating with the Hare Krishnas, pretty? You see, became a Hare Krishna. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. You have to be careful about your association. <laughs> uh, so, now, <clears throat> Prabhupada teaches us, Bhaktivinoda Thakur teaches us, uh, Lord Chaitanya taught that there are four sampradayas that are bona fide. And the Sri Sampradaya is one of them, right? And, and in fact, Lord Chaitanya took elements, even Bhaktivinoda Thakur took elements of the three philosophy in, in what we now study as a Dasamula Tattva, which coming from Ramanujacharya is actually nine prameyas or nine truths, right? <clears throat> but Bhaktivinoda Thakur uh, adjusted the focus, right? adjusted the perspective, didn't, didn't really change them, but put more emphasis on rasa, right? Which again comes back to this softness of heart. So three the three sampradaya we respect, right? Because of the, you know, the, the potency of Ramanuja to, you know, it's said that when Ramanuja came to a place, the Mayavadis would run away. They didn't want to get into an argument with him because he would, he would just smash them, right? So we're respectful to those sampradayas that faithfully carry the processes by which one can come close to Krishna. Yep. How's that sound? Yep. We have quite a few friends who are uh, followers of the Sri tradition. Now, Lord Chaitanya actually brought the four sampradayas together. And so when we become followers of ISKCON and of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we're autom automatically following those four sampradayas. So we suggest be respectful but join ISKCON. <laughs> right? Because Lord Chaitanya is the Yuga Avatar and, you know, for different reasons, numerous reasons, we encourage um, everyone, even those members of the Sri Sampradaya, we encourage them, come and join the... Uh, the um, The dynamic, the the um, um, the preferred option for Kali Yuga, <laughs> but you know, not everybody wants to become a Hari Krishna, do they? <laughs> so we respect everybody's choices. We have to, right? and certainly those who are mem members of these authentic, uh, authorised um, traditions. We'd have to look at the, that section of the Bhagavatam. It's generally not a palatable topic that devotees discuss very often, right? Because for obvious reasons. But um, if you look at that chapter of the Bhagavatam, that section of the Bhagavatam, the Acharyas thoroughly describe why the Lord does what he does and, and what the purpose is, you know. 
and I haven't studied it recently, so memory's a bit rusty, but um, one of it is to bewilder the atheists who think, ah, look, see, he left a body behind. So he's just a materialistic person. Whereas the devotee is able to see the transcendental nature of the Lord's appearance and disappearance and all the characteristics and qualities that make him an outst- you know, make him obviously not an, uh, not, a, not of the material realm. So that's one argument, and there's a few others, given why the Lord leaves behind an apparently material body. And there are others, yeah. Eleventh, eleventh is it? I think eleventh canto of the Bhagavatam. You'll find that there's those pastimes. Very interesting, actually. How the the Yadu dynasty, being eternal associates of Krishna, couldn't be removed by any material means, right? But the the um, and this is why this is why you know the the Bhagavatam is so intriguing because it has its own internal logic and how all of these leelas and pastimes all connect right to make a, a bigger picture and then it all starts to make sense but um, The sons of, was it the sons of Krishna or the grandsons? I think it was the sons. Were feeling a bit frivolous, and um, they dressed up Samba, I think it was, yeah, Samba, like a pregnant lady. Right? But it was he, he was wearing a sari and he had clo- they bundled up some cloth and made it look like he was pregnant, and then. Um, they wanted to test the rishis, uh, and I think it was Narada Muni and some other sage. And so they, they playfully went, and insultingly really went to Narada Muni and said, Oh sage, you know, what will, what will this young girl give birth to? A boy or a girl? Something like that. And of course Narada Muni uh, the rishis were offended because this was just some upstart kid uh, being foolish. So uh, um, the the rishis said, "She will give birth to uh, the destroyer of your dynasty." And they were like, <laughs> and then the the uh, Samba then found himself carrying a lump of iron, right? So they were. This is the dis- this is the destruction of our family, right here. So they thought, what do we do? How do we get? They want to get rid of it, obviously. So then <clears throat> uh, they spoke to, who did they speak to? Ugrasena or what? And he suggested, okay, file, file it up, you know, break it up into little pieces and throw it in the ocean, which is what they did. Uh, but then those filings came into the shore and were absorbed in the reeds that were growing there, right? And there was one little bit left over, I think they threw that in, the, and that was, that was eaten by a fish or something, wasn't it? Picked up by somebody else. Anyway, ended up, no, so, so the, the, the Yadavas went to that particular beach, had a party, drank too much wine and <laughs> got into a fight with each other and beat each other to death with those, with those reeds because they had become like, clubs with the iron and um, somehow and I, I can't I'd forgotten the details the the lump of iron became the 
tip of the arrow that was shot by the hunter who shot Krishna in the heel, right? And it was only a superficial wound anyway, right? But that was... So anyway, there's all these... Uh, interesting, very interesting story. That, that, that Even though Krishna was shot, it was not a, you know, a death blow by any means. Right? But he disappeared, left. As part of that pastime, right? Uh, accepting the curse of Narada Muni, or if it was Narada Muni, the, the Rishis. Was it Narada Muni? No, no, no. Somebody else. Yeah. Narada Muni usually has a part to play in a lot of things, but not this one. <laughs> yep. So, and that's interesting, isn't it? Because you see this sometimes in the Bhagavatam. There's a curse being given unfairly or you know, circumstantially. And, you know, Krishna doesn't have to accept any curse, but he accepts it for the purpose of Leela, for the purpose of the pastimes, to, to, to move on. And ultimately for the benefit of everybody. Uh, Krishna has other service to do. You know, he's got some other Leela to go. He's got to... In um, 5,000 years, he's going to be Lord Chaitanya. <laughs> hmm. So I have a question. Another one. Yeah, this, this kind of explanation or this kind of events that yes. many, many scriptures. Many. Yeah, and how we can solve to the modern, modern educated people? They are always arguing science or this thing. So can we? By our behavior. We can affect people by our good example and by our philosophical understanding of what's happening. Don't, don't, no, don't. You know, there's. Have you heard? Uh, you don't cast pearls before swine. Have you heard that as a Christian saying? Otherwise they'll trample them into the ground and attack you. Yeah, they'll trample them into the dirt. So the pearls, you know, the essence of some of our teachings, that's why it says, you know, that eighth, eighth uh, offence in chanting Hare Krishna, eighth or ninth, don't, to instruct the faithless in the glories of chanting Hare Krishna. So we don't instruct those who are not inquisitive and faithful. We don't instruct them on some of these intimate... You know, for us it's like, God, this is so obvious. What's wrong with you idiots? Why don't you just accept it? Uh, but we give it to them and they say, oh, a lot of rubbish. Uh, so we don't do that because they don't... There's no... They don't have accessibility, right? And so therefore, we have to be on our best behaviour, right? And know how to present our philosophy and philosophical conclusions in such a way that it connects to their level of understanding and has an impact there at that point. How? Uh, by practice and uh, example. Yeah. Yeah. Takes time. Takes time to learn how to do that. You can see that with Srila Prabhupada. Very, very expert. He could read a situation, he could read a person, and so he could, you know. There's that famous story in Mumbai. He was at a Pandal program and one fellow was challenging and Prabhupada was sh shouting at him. <laughs> and one of the other members of the audience says, uh, you know, Swamiji, um, what was it? Um, Shanti, you know, be, be, be peaceful. Brahma Bhuta Prashanatmana Sochati Nakankshati. And Prabhupada said, that's for very advanced people. 
Uh, but Prabhupada, you know, he could, he could really speak very strongly in some circumstances, but then also be very mild and, and, you know, depending on the situation. So that requires a great deal of experience. It takes time. Yes, you're a rascal. I'm happy to accept I'm a rascal. <laughs> but in India, maybe the word rascal has a different meaning. I was called a rascal all the time by my mum. In fact, you know, I believed it, so that's what I grew up to be. <laughs> But yes, yeah, Prabhupada could be heavy and people liked it. Now we may not get it, we can't do that necessarily. But it does, it takes time, experience and practice. We need to practice bhakti. We need to practice and practice and practice and develop humility. Because, you know, humility is really one of the first qualities that should, that's a, that, that exemplifies learning, humility. What happens with learning in many people, most people, is they get proud. I know so much. Step aside. But real learning is to know your infinitesimal nature. That's why, again, you know, Rupa Goswami says, jnana and vairagya can make the heart hard. Because we're always learning and learning and analysing, dissecting arguments so that we can fight with others and defeat them. Right? But that's, that's secondary, actually, to bhakti. Yes, bhakti will give rise to learning through which you can defeat others, but just being able to defeat others is not the purpose of bhakti. The purpose of bhakti is to love Krishna. Huh? And so soft-heartedness is, is where the devotee is strong, powerful. That's humility. Right? Yeah. Okay, let's be soft-hearted and take prasadam. <laughs> Distribute prasadam and take prasadam. Kantarashima Bhagavatam, Kijai Sala Prabhupada, Kijai Gora Bhakti Brinda, Kijai Hare Krishna.